0: Either way, we're listening to Billy Carson Shorts on YouTube. It's pretty mind-blowing.
1: Take off your bleeding, wake up! (laughs) Take off your bleeding, wake up! Take off your bleeding, wake up! Take off your bleeding, wake
0: up! That's me joining the crowd booing. (laughs) Booing Chumpty Dumpty. I'm doing now is uh mm, pre-capturing my uh write-up of the day and posting it on comments take off your bleeding wake up <laughs>
1: Take off your bleeding
0: wake up. <laughs> and I'm going to share that. Oh.
1: Take off your bleeding wake up. Take off your bleeding wake up. Off your bleeding, wake up. <makes noise> Back off your bleeding wake up Take off your bleeding wake up Back off your bleeding wake up <makes noise> Back off your bleeding wake up you
0: bleed bleeding, wake up. five, Brian. Take off,
1: you bleeding, wake up. Back off, you bleeding, wake up. Back off, you bleeding, wake up. Bleeding
0: wake up. Show my shirt. I uh, took screenshots of the write up. Oh, yeah. It was me joining the crowd, booing this I can't hear what I'm saying. I'm saying, uh, fuck off your bleeding wanker. I'll share it with uh, BBC, BBC One, BBC Two, BBC. Okay, good enough. Mhm. Okay. So let's go back to Billy Carson. Hmm.
1: Where? Why did Jimmy Fallon reject Katy Perry explaining the truth about her album cover? Let me know your thoughts on this. The eye in the mouth. No, I saw that, but I mean... Um, I mean, because you would think if you want to see something, just open your eyes and see. Well, you know what? You want to hear the story behind it? No. Why did Jimmy Fallon reject Katy Perry explaining the truth about her album cover? Let me know your thoughts on this.
0: The eye
1: in the mouth. No, I saw that, but I mean... Because you would think if you want to see something, just open your eyes and see. Well, you know what? You want to hear the story behind it. No. <laughs> Why did Jimmy Fallon reject Katy Perry explaining the truth about her album cover? Let me know.
0: Her album cover. It means they're watching what you say. He was nervous as hell. Reminds me of when Kelly Clarkson started talking and Kevin Hart was like, Shh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They can do whatever they want. I'm a roll with Jesus. Jimmy said no. Because he's in the Illuminati too. Both have signed that deal. He would only say no. Because he's on the same level of evil as she is. Jimmy has been on it since Taxi. He for sure went through all three doors. Wicked. She's sold out. They're in the club, and we're luckily not in it. Look at the fear in his eyes. He forgot to add in the fact that he bursted out laughing and asked her to explain, of course. I definitely want to hear it. They're both in on it. Jimmy said, you ain't getting me canceled. Jimmy remembering that Jim Carrey episode. Someone behind the camera was definitely telling him to change the subject. You can see his whole demeanor change. I'm eating, um, blueberry, cherry, cake, walnut, almond. Someone... Evil rules Hollywood and the music industry. Boycott evil. He's past her level in that sicko evil and he knows better. Notice how he looks into the crowd. Almost at a specific unknown person. A handler. who's trying to get her to look and see the handlers there. Hunting. Open your eyes. He's right there. And he then replies automatically, no. He is terrified. He knows the rules. I would say the same thing. It's so weird of a cover. I wouldn't want to get into that subject. In fact, I will do my best to forget the picture altogether. It's creepy. remember some woman on a talk show with Kevin Hart she started to say something, he her up. After says no, he chuckled and says, yeah, he does. Money his wife story. That's how parts of the video tell a whole different story. You can hear her hiss when he says no. Phoenix, Arizona nighttime. Oh, shit. Hmm. Still my doggy. Mysterious cat in Arizona. Stumps residence. ex-convict saves texas police officer after carjacking suspect shoots him scary secret of an african tribe okay let's see um what's going on with my touch federal court hits trump with crushing blow Thanks for um, almost 300K.
2: Washington, D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals issued a very, very powerful decision in a civil case today with respect to the issue of presidential immunity. So there's a little-known case that has been going on Mm -hmm. for a couple of years now, since January 6th, brought by Capitol Police officers who were there that day, as well as representatives who were trapped in the chamber. And they brought a civil case against Donald Trump and others, but this particular um, this particular uh, appeal really just had to do with Donald Trump and, and one discrete issue, which is presidential immunity. And it was argued about a year ago, and the decision came down almost to the day a year later. And, Frankly, it's a crushing blow for Donald Trump and it could mean a lot for Tanya Chutkin in the criminal case because don't forget she too is also uh, trying to decide this issue of presidential immunity because Donald Trump is taking the position that he's absolutely immune both criminally as well as civilly, meaning he can't be sued for damages because he's president of the United States and he was acting uh, in his job as president when he's being for what he's being charged for now now what he's basically there is there is a presidential immunity doctrine and what that doctrine basically says is if you're doing your job as president uh, in the civil context you can't be sued for doing your job right even if you get it wrong even if you you know get it wrong and it ultimately ends up being a crime actually or being some kind of civil you doing something that could normally hold you civilly liable if you were acting in good faith doing your duty as the president you could be you will be immune from civil damages because you you did you were doing your job at the time and that's to emphasize and encourage presidents to behave without fear without um you know to 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 be a vigorous advocate for the american people and so one question that, that this addressed is whether or not, and what the limits are, whether or not they have absolute immunity, the answer is no, and what are the limits of this presidential immunity in the civil context. Now, again, it's complicated because it's, what does this mean for Tanya Chutkin in the criminal case, you know? I, I personally think because she is the district court level, and then this is the, the circuit level, which is the interim appellate court in between the Supreme Court and the District Court. And so this is the law of the circuit. Again, they were very clear that this only applies in civil cases, but they but they very much, I think if I were Tanya Chetkin and I was a federal judge and who was about to render a decision on whether Trump has presidential immunity, I think I would absolutely look to this for guidance. Um, and, you know, it just seems a little coincidental that it's coming out right now after a year after the oral argument. Uh, and I think maybe it's because they knew that she's going to be considering this issue. And so they, she, they were giving guidance about how they're thinking about the issue of presidential immunity and the limits and the parameters. Um, nobody dissented, which was interesting. And Judge Katzis, who is a Trump appointee concurred. So it was only a three judge panel. And, um, and it'll be interesting to see if this goes to the full panel of uh, appellate judges, which is called en banc, or whether it'll just go straight to the Supreme Court, but it will definitely be addressed for sure. And let's just talk a little bit about what the decision said. They talked about, first of all, the case Nixon versus Fitzgerald, which established president's absolute immunity from civil damages. And these are, again, (laughs) the ones that are predicated on his official acts. And this is so he can fearlessly and impartially discharge the singularly weighty duties of the office that comes from the case. Um, However, the president does not spend every minute of every day exercising official responsibilities and when he acts outside the function of his office, he does not enjoy immunity from damages, liability just because he happens to be the president of the United States. And then in a subsequent case, Clinton versus Jones, well, it was Paula Jones, if you recall, who sued Bill Clinton for some kind of sexual something when he was governor of Arkansas. Um, the Supreme Court made it clear that the immunity does not extend to unofficial or private actions. So this particular case is called um, Blassingame and Hemby versus Trump. And it's about was about the riot on January 6th. And the question is, was the riot and the time leading up to it within the scope of his duties? Now, you know, the, the, and that that's the one question... Well. That came, um, that came before this appellate court, right? They said there were other issues too, but this is the one that was appealed and it was about Trump. And what the plaintiffs alleged in this suit was that in Trump's final months in office, he conspired with political allies and supporters to obtain his second term despite his defeat i.e. he tried to steal the election. He made false claims. He filed these meritless lawsuits. He pressured state officials to reverse the outcome. And it all culminated in this 70 plus minute speech on January 6th at the rally, sparking the ultimate riot at the Capitol. And that's, you know, that's what they're all saying. Uh, was not within his presidential duties and they should be allowed to sue him for that, right? Um, and this was, this was, at the trial level, this didn't go to trial yet, there was a complaint filed, and Trump filed a motion uh, to dismiss the complaint just based on the facts that are in the complaint. And the reason I'm telling you this, and this is important, because what the court does is they only look at the facts, they assume they're all true, they look at them in the light most favorable to the plaintiff, and they apply the law to those facts and determine if these facts were all true, is this within the law? That's all this was to decide. And the judge here said yes, that that the judge did not have, that the president did not have absolute immunity and therefore the, the case can proceed. And to proceed means it would go through discovery, there'd be depositions, there'd be subpoenas, they'd gather information. And then after that whole thing, there'd be a motion to dismiss um based on all of that information and and that that's when they look at all the facts and see um whether there's can be a ruling on those facts and if not then it goes to trial okay and that's that's how these things that's how these things go so so this is at that beginning just let's look at the facts in light most favorable to the plaintiff and apply the cold law to the cold facts and is there enough to proceed and and what the D.C. Circuit said, yes, the, the, the court here, the, D, the district court applied the law to these facts. If you take them as true in the light, again, most favorable to the plaintiffs and um, and that he's the president is not absolutely immune from damages. Did you know that poor sleep can cause weight gain, mood issues, poor mental health and lower productivity? Sleep is the foundation of our mental and physical health and performance in our days and having a consistent nighttime routine is a non-negotiable for me. When I don't get enough sleep, trust me, you don't want to be around me the next day. Introducing Beam Dream. You know we've been raving about Beam Dream's powder and their healthy hot cocoa for sleep. And today our listeners get a special discount on Beam Dream's powder, their best-selling healthy hot cocoa for sleep with no sugar added and a ratio it helped me fall asleep sorry again not at this stage and the proceeding you know in this was that trump is not entitled to official act immunity for his actions leading up to january 6 at least not at this stage and they were made it very clear not at this stage and the proceedings because of what i just said um, you know and then you know we'll then we'll see, he'll develop his own facts on the immunity question and if he wants to show that he, he did this all in his official capacity as president, then he can move for summary judgment <laughs> on his claim later, which is that second motion to dismiss uh, that happens at the end. You know, both parties can move for summary judgment motion or it can go to trial if if the judge finds, um, you know, fi- doesn't find for either side. So. You know, they went on to kind of say, look, when a first term president opts to seek a second term, his campaign to win reelection is not an official presidential act. The office of the presidency as an institution is agnostic about who will occupy it next. And campaigning to gain that office is not an official act of the office. I thought that was worth reading that quote from the decision. Uh, The decision went on to say, equally, when a sitting president is running for a second term, uh, attends a private fundraiser for his reelection effort, it hires or fires campaign staff, uh, or or cuts a political ad, speaks at a rally, et cetera. He's not carrying out official duties. He's acting as an office seeker, not an office holder, right? Just the same as whoever's running against them. They're both office seekers and not office holders. Like for example, what if um, Trump and Biden were. You know, going against each other. One's a former president. One's a current president. You know, neither one of them should have a benefit just because they were, you know, when when they are acting in their duty as candidate, right? And Trump. And, and then my favorite part of this whole decision. Oh my God, this was beautiful. Uh-huh. Was that they threw in his face <laughs> um, something that he put into other, in in a Supreme Court brief. So there was a, there was a Supreme Court case, Texas versus Pennsylvania. So Texas was suing Pennsylvania or Pennsylvania was, you know, they were going, I I don't even know what they were talking about. It had to do with, it had to do with the um, battleground state issue with Trump, right? It had to, it it had to do with the election. And Trump wanted to what's called intervene in the case, right, he wanted to uh, intervene in the case and which means he wanted to become a part of it and be able to, be able to participate. And so he filed motions. And in the motions, it said that in his personal capacity as a candidate, he said, um, is why he wanted to be allowed to intervene. Right? So he himself in his own argument said, as a candidate, that's in his personal capacity, that when he's a candidate, that has nothing to do with his presidency or his duties. So his argument now that he's immune does not dispute that he did the acts in his capacity as a candidate, but he thinks that that does not matter, okay? He's saying it doesn't matter. I'm immune no matter what, okay? I don't dispute these facts here. I don't dispute that I did it in my capacity as a candidate, but I think it doesn't matter because in my view this is what trump is saying a president's speech on matters of public concern in and of itself is invariably an official function and when he was engaged in that function when he spoke on january 6 and the lead up to that day that was a matter of great import and public concern and that therefore because i was talking about something of great import that's part of my duties and therefore i'm immune and the court rejected that they resoundingly rejected that and they said when presidents are often exercising official responsibilities, I'm sorry, while presidents are, are often exercising official responsibilities when they speak on matters of public concern, it's not always the case, right? When a sitting president running for re-election speaks in a campaign ad or is accepting his party nomination at a convention, that's a matter of public concern. Um, but that's not official. That's private, right? That's as the private office seeker, not the office holder. And so... Uh, they also acknowledge that, that theirs is not the, the D.C. Circuit also acknowledged that theirs is not the final word and that this is going to go to the Supreme Court, and so therefore uh, they, they they acknowledged that and they said, look, we're not reaching the First Amendment argument because Trump didn't appeal this, um, but he could bring that in the future. This is only about presidential immunity. And we're also not opining on whether this has anything to do with the other privileges like executive privilege that could that could shield him from discovery of certain evidence or affect his case, nor whether he could be immune from criminal prosecution. So they chose to call that out um, anyway. So I thought this was a really, really interesting um, decision that clearly said that. Um, that this did not that that this essentially was a private act. It didn't fall within his presidential duties or in the outer perimeter, the outer perimeter test that was established in the Nixon case. Um, and look, they specifically said, you know, that um, that that they're not that he's not immune. You know, that this is a question that can go forward, and um, and we'll see. We'll see how this how this goes whether he appeals to the supreme court or whether this is uh you know whether he asks for a full review on bonk but one of his own appointees didn't even reject it concurred here because that's how clear the law is so you know it's one step closer to uh, being President. held accountable um but presidential immunity is one really step closer to prison smiley face issue left are worried about i think not worried about but it's the one real substantive non it has merit issue that needs to be addressed in the tanya chutkin um, dc election interference jack smith case Um, because all the other ones aren't going to go anywhere but this particular argument has to be addressed and has to be decided and although it's fairly clear that a president is not entitled to absolute immunity right you can't you know commit murder right you can't do you can't sexually assault someone, you know, and just say, oh, well, I'm president, so therefore I'm immune. So there's a logical reason why this can't be the law, but then who knows what the Supreme Court of the United States these days will do, and we won't know until they render a decision. So I'm Karen Friedman Agnifilo. Thanks so much for joining me and Agnifilo, joining co-hosts every Wednesday and Saturday on Week. Le-
0: right on. Let's see here. D.C. federal judge delivers fatal bloated Diapered on as trial nears. Okay, They're
2: still wait
0: till you see
2: this knife. A Hello, no, no, no. Milk Street's
3: already best-selling. They Wow. I'm Ben cellist from Legal AF, joined by Michael popock a big order in the Washington, D.C. federal criminal case against Donald Trump. motion to dismiss the indictment in that matter on absolute presidential immunity grounds as well as on constitutional grounds. Donald Trump tried to make a constitutional argument citing the First Amendment due process and double jeopardy, and then tried to claim that the Constitution provides for absolute presidential immunity. My favorite line from this 49-page order, actually 48-page order, is Judge Chutkin stating, defendant Donald Trump's four-year service as commander-in-chief did not bestow on him the divine right of kings to (laughs) evade the criminal accountability that governs his fellow citizens. Quote, no man in this country, nor even the former president is so high that he is above the law. That actually echoes a prior order made by Judge Tanya Chutkin at the very outset of the January 6th committee proceedings, where she ruled Donald Trump is not the king, nor is he a current president. Now, as part of Judge Chutkin's order, and then I'm gonna hand it over to you, Michael Popak. She first addressed the issue of absolute presidential immunity. She analyzed the text, the structure, and history surrounding the potential for absolute presidential immunity. With respect to the text, she found that the impeachment judgment clause does not support Donald Trump's argument that uh, the only way to pursue criminal charges against a president is through, or former president, is through the impeachment process. She just analyzes the language of that clause, and it clearly provides for the fact that it does not restrict the ability to bring uh, criminal charges later. She analyzes the structure of the Constitution and points out that while the Supreme Court uh, has recognized an immunity as it comes to uh presidents or former presidents for civil cases for monetary lawsuits while they're in office citing fitzgerald v nixon that was an employment case she says those same considerations do not apply in the criminal fora and where no one no man is above the law and especially that our founders wanted to make sure that presidents and former presidents would be held ultimately accountable uh, to Uh, the law and and if they engaged in crimes to be held accountable and then she goes over the history uh, of the Constitution the history of this concept of immunity and says it does not apply to presidents or former presidents and then gives you that line that I just said she then goes over the constitutional arguments um, as well and says the First Amendment just because this involves speech that doesn't block conduct that is criminal, and then rejects Donald Trump's other spurious claims of double jeopardy and somehow due process uh, it, uh, violated by charging former president. So, and, and Popak, as I toss it to you here, it's worth mentioning that this order on Friday night comes right after another order by the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals from earlier this morning, where they found that there was no Absolute presidential immunity in the civil cases brought against Donald Trump uh, by members of Congress and the Capitol Police. That's my take on it. What say you, Michael Popak? Yeah, uh, I think the two things, Ben. I I think
4: um, two of the finest judges that sit on the D.C. uh, trial court bench right now are Judge Mehta, which is the judge that the the case you just mentioned came out of. With those that were injured, the Capitol Police that were injured on Jan. 6, are suing Donald Trump along with others civil liability for his role in leading to their death, injury, or maiming. And Judge Maida issued a powerful order that he believed would survive the District of Columbia Court of Appeals decision. They sat, on it, they sat on it for a long time, almost two years. Today, in the morning, or earlier, they issued their ruling to find that Donald Trump can't use any type of immunity, presidential, constitutional, or otherwise, to avoid that civil liability, and right on cue, the other great judge sits, his colleague, Judge Chutkin, finalized her motion, citing to Judge, citing to that decision to reinforce what obviously was something was already she had already drafted this order. What I liked about it, and I wouldn't be surprised by the way, if if one or both of them are not on the short list, Joe Biden for the U.S. Supreme Court. I like that quote a lot that you quoted and, and to follow up on it, later in the brief, citing uh, Justice Frankfurter from 1947 on page 25 of the order, she says, if one man can be allowed to determine for himself what is law, every man can. That means first chaos and then tyranny. And she's very sensitive to the arguments that are that are baked into, and it's a half-baked argument, all the filings by Donald Trump that he alone is above the law and gets to decide what he's going to follow. And then he then, as you said in one of your hot takes, which I love, it's just like, was this created by human beings? Or is this like monkeys banging away on a keyboard? Like this stuff that they're filing. She took them the task. She says, "All right, you want to go Founding Fathers? Want to go Framers? You want to go Federalist Papers? Want to go Hamilton? Great, let's do it. And then she dove in to all of the background about why there is not a clause in the US Constitution providing presidential immunity. There's no presidential immunity clause for a very good reason. And then she talks about the founding fathers talking about tyranny and, and, and then says, your entire argument on that one area is, is uh, uh, on, the, um, on the related issue of, is there uh, other types of immunity, some presidential immunity or impeachment uh, the impeachment clause, uh, they tried to argue in their papers, you have to go through the Senate and the House. It's the only way a former president can be, uh, can be uh, adjudicated in terms of his criminal liability. And she says, what are you talking about? It doesn't say that's the only way. It says it's a way. And it's usually a way when the guy is still president. I mean, even uh, McConnell was like, well, I don't know, we're timing out here. I don't know if we're going to get a chance to try that case. And then, oh, well, he won't be president any longer. So everybody that everybody that knows anything about the Constitution and decorum in the Senate knows that, that that is not the only way you have an out of control former president. And she leans in heavily in her order, Judge Chutkin, and says, some of these concerns that you've raised, first of all, I don't think this case opens the floodgate to other cases against other presidents, because as you've already conceded, you are the only ex-president or president in the history of our republic that's been indicted for felonies. So I don't really see your floodgate argument. I don't think we have to worry about that. That's one. Your concerns about chilling effects, like, you know, people when they're presidents won't do certain things because they're afraid they're going to get sued when when they're no longer president again you're the only guy that's ever gotten indicted have you heard of senescent cells also known as zombie cells these old worn out cells no longer serve a useful function for our health wasting our energy and nutritional resources these zombie cells tend to accumulate in our bodies ah. as we age leading to the aches slow workout recoveries and slug you're still there while wow, you are
0: okay
4: and sluggish Judge dis-
0: delivers fatal blow. Anyway, thanks for almost a hundred times.
4: Don't ask us how we got a camera into this man's shower, but it's about to get much wilder because this three free ingredients into one formula called Science Back Fact- But so make commercials. To my, my product GMO 100 day Qualia Sentalytic. The first line of her order is to remind this guy to take it down a notch. This is how she describes the case. First line, the United States has charged former President Donald J. Trump with four counts of criminal conduct that he allegedly committed during the waning days of his presidency. That's the start. Let's start there. You're an indicted now former president. As I said at a prior hot take, Ben, knew she was going to go here. She went right to paragraph 10 of the indictment, and I did it in a hot take. Every time he said in his moving papers, you're trying to get me for First Amendment, for public statements, for tweeting, for communications I had with state officials, with communications I had with the vice president, for trying to uh, organize electors and all that. And that's just all First Amendment stuff. And she says on page two, those generalized descriptions that, that his lawyers have made about the indictment uh, fail to properly portray the conduct with which Donald Trump has been charged. And then she spends the next five pages going to places like paragraph ten in the indictment of all the conduct that he is charged with. Right? The conduct being is his trying to influence state legislation or state state legislators to overturn the will of the people, him pressuring election officials, the phone calls in Georgia, the use of fake electors, the pressure campaign on Mike Pence. That goes well beyond the First Amendment. So she doesn't want to hear about that any longer. And then, of course, she was able to use talk about right up to the minute precedent. No, just hours before hot off the presses, she's got the decision of her bosses at the Court of Appeals sits right above her uh, that, that and was able to cite through that as well. What I love about this, I'll end it on this bit. What I love about this is that it is so well written. It's such a magnificent grasp of, of legal analysis um, that's so woefully lacking in almost everything Donald Trump, you know, regardless of jurisdiction or lawyer set, has filed. And I want people, we'll put it up, we'll put it, you'll put it up on the Midas Touch uh, website. I, I want people to read what you and I grew up on and cut our teeth on in law school. You know, this really just amazing grasp of legal principles applied to facts um, in an elegant, efficient way. No nonsense. I mean, anybody can read this and really walk through the argument with her and she's not to be trifled with. I think she is a powerhouse rock star intellect judge. I've got this case by random selection. She is made for the moment. This is a historical moment, just like the judges that presided over all the Nixon cases and all of that. She will go down in history not because Donald Trump attacks her or her family and all of that. She will go down in history as presiding over the only case in our republic that a president, former president, has been indicted, And she's doing it. I'm sorry he doesn't believe it, but in the, and the MAGA doesn't believe it. She's doing it in an even-handed, methodical way that would make any lawyer, judge, law student proud to read her opinion.
3: It's truly a masterpiece legal document here. Uh, Going through all 48 pages of it, constitutional construction, the history, uh, going through a deep constitutional analysis analysis on the text and the structure, Um, it was really an impressive uh, document. So um, that's the update for now. Donald Trump's motion to dismiss denied. We should mention here that she did what we thought she was going to do, kind of consolidating The uh, motions that Donald Trump brought on constitutional grounds and Donald Trump's argument about absolute presidential immunity, combining that. Now, Donald Trump has an automatic right as it relates to presidential immunity to appeal that to the D.C. Circuit. That's why I mentioned at the outset why the ruling by the D.C. Circuit earlier confirming or affirming rather ruled by Judge Amit Mehta finding that Donald Trump's conduct was campaign conduct. It fell outside of any outer perimeter conduct as well. That was for civil liability. So now when this gets appealed to the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals, they're going to be armed with the analysis, the backstop, which is even under a structural analysis, where the fitzgerald v nixon case for civil uh, presidential immunity applies this conduct would be viewed as campaign conduct and so would not fall even within the outer perimeter but here as judge Chuckin makes clear we're dealing with criminal conduct not civil conduct and even those same structural principles don't even apply to absolute presidential immunity as it relates to criminal conduct so everybody let me, let, let, yeah let me mention one thing before we depart just one
4: second this has got to move faster on appeal or at least not stay what's going on here he's going to take the appeal just like they took the appeal in the civil case that you just described it was okay that this that the court of appeals sat on it for two years because can judge maida continued to press the case and move it towards trial waiting to see what would happen in other words there was no stay in place and therefore he was able to move the case along We just don't want to be hung up where you know there's a stay and then they take forever to rule and we lose that march truck the american people lose that march trial date so what i hope is now that they've already done the heavy lifting of that recent decision from earlier today and if he moves to stay they deny the stay they let the appeal run on a normal course while the trial continues in march or if they do stay they put it on an expedited track whoever the three judge panel is going to be so we don't lose March because we lose March. Now we're losing the ability to get an up or down verdict against Donald Trump before the election.
3: There you have it, folks. want to remind everybody that I had the honor to interview President Biden. Uh, The Midas Touch interview with President Biden is on our YouTube feed. Check for it below. Leave a comment on that as well. Subscribe. We're on our way to 2 million subscribers. would love to hear your thoughts about the President Biden interview as well. See you next time. Make sure you subscribe as well to the Legal AF audio podcast and have a great day. Hey, Midas Mighty, love this report. Continue the conversation by following us on she
0: Instagram don't need at no Midas Keep up with the she most just Not Graham. the only
3: way.
4: You have an out of control former president, and she leans in heavily in her order, Judge Chutkin, and says, "Some of these concerns that you've raised." First of all, I don't think this case opens the floodgate to other cases against other presidents, because as you've already conceded, you are the only ex-president or president in the history of our republic that's been indicted for felonies. So I don't really see your floodgate argument. I don't think we have to worry about that, that's one. Your concerns about chilling effect, like you know, people when their presidents won't do certain things because they're afraid they're gonna get sued when, they're no longer president. Again, you're the only guy that's ever gotten indicted. Have you heard of Senescent cells, also known as zombie cells? Oh, These old war, enthusiastic again, with combating negative, aging Donald J. Trump with four counts of criminal conduct that he allegedly committed during the waning days of his presidency. That's the start. Let's start there. You're an indicted, now former president. As I said at a prior hot take, Ben knew she was going to go here. She went right to paragraph 10 of the indictment, and I did it in a hot take. Every time he said his moving papers, you're trying to get me for First Amendment, for public statements, for tweeting, for communications I had with state officials, with communications I had with the vice president, for trying to uh, organize electors and all that. And that's just all First Amendment stuff. And she says on page two, those generalized descriptions that, that his lawyers have made about the indictment uh, fail to <clears throat> properly portray the conduct with which Donald Trump has been charged. And then she spends the next five pages going to places like paragraph ten in the indictment of all the conduct that he is charged with. Right? The conduct being is his trying to influence state legislation or state le- state legislators to overturn the will of the people, him pressuring election officials, the phone calls in Georgia, the use of fake electors, the pressure campaign on Mike Pence. That goes well beyond the First Amendment, so she doesn't want to hear about that any longer. And then, of course, she was able to use, talk about right up to the minute precedent, so just hours before, hot off the presses, she's got the decision of her bosses at the Court of Appeals sits right above her, that, that and was able to cite through that as well. What I love about this, I'll end it on this note. What I love about this is that it is so well written. It's such a magnificent grasp of, of legal analysis. That's so woefully lacking in almost everything Donald Trump, regardless of jurisdiction Chutkin is or a national hero. Filed. And I want people we will put it up we'll put it you'll put it up on the Midas touch of uh,
0: Judge Chutkin. Chutkin National hero.
4: website I want people to read what you and I grew up on and cut our teeth on in law school you know this really just amazing grasp of legal principles applied to facts um, in an elegant efficient way no nonsense I mean anybody can read this and really walk through the argument with her and she's not to be trifled with I think she is a powerhouse rock star intellect judge i got this case by random selection. She is made for the moment. This is a historical moment, just like the judges that presided over all the Nixon cases and all of that. She will go down in history, not because Donald Trump attacks her or her family and all of that. She will go down in history as presiding over the only case in our republic that a president former president has been indicted. And she's doing it. I'm sorry he doesn't believe it, but in the and MAGA doesn't believe it. She's doing it in an even handed, methodical way that would make any lawyer, judge, law student proud to read her opinion.
3: It's truly a masterpiece legal document here, uh, going through all 48 pages of it, constitutional construction, the history, uh, going through a deep constitutional analysis. analysis
0: <clears throat> Judge Chutkin is national hero.
3: Uh, going through a deep constitutional analysis, analysis on the text, and the structure, Um, It was really an impressive uh, document. So um, that's the update for now. Donald Trump's motion to dismiss denied. We should mention here, she did what we thought she was going to do, kind of consolidating the uh, motions that Donald Trump brought on constitutional grounds and Donald Trump's argument about absolute presidential immunity, combining that. Now, Donald Trump has an automatic right as it relates to presidential immunity, to appeal that to the D.C. Circuit, so I mentioned
0: at the. end. Let's see, Republicans in Congress ripped themselves to shreds on live TV as Fally Democrats. Queens,
1: I need y'all to see this because look, this is what I'm actually working with, and clearly there's not much
5: there. But campaign violations. The ISC records demonstrates that Representative Santos knowingly and actively participated in this conduct. Mr. Speaker, through records that were subpoenaed by the Ethics Committee, we learned that Mr. Santos spent campaign-related funds on personal rent, on personal credit card payments, on ATM withdrawals. We know that he purchased luxury designer purchases at at least two high-end stores. Then he spent money on payments made only fans, and that Mr. Sp- Santos spent almost $3,000 on Botox treatments. <laughs> in addition to these questionable expenses, there were travel expenses, questionable expenses involving trips to Atlantic City, Las Vegas, Nevada, and the Hamptons. Mr. Speaker, in addition to this, there was additional fraud that was uncovered and contained in this report issued by the ethics committee. The ethics committee found that in 2020, the bank records indicate that Mr. Santos was repaid over 300000 dollars for fictitious loans that he never made his campaign. The report goes on to say that in 2021, that he falsely reported loaning his campaign $580,000 and he falsely reported loaning an additional $25,000 to his leadership pack. The report goes on to document that the committee found according to bank records that Mr. Santos transferred $200,000 from redstone strategies. An entity found to be an unregistered super PAC controlled by Mr. Santos that he transferred in 2022 alone over $200,000 into his personal account.
3: Whatever these MAGA Republicans are doing, it's incredibly weird, incredibly <laughs> disturbing. And no American should look at this behavior and say, this is normal. This is not what politics is about. I'm Ben Myselis from the Midas Touch Network. I refuse to be gaslighted by legacy media and by others to say that what you're seeing there and in these other clips I'm about to show you is just... Politics. It's MAGA, it's strange, it's bizarre. Like, I want to show you this right here. As there was a debate on the expulsion of George Santos, you had Max Miller. Attacking George Santos, George Santos, then attacking MAGA Republican Max Miller and saying that he engaged in abusing women, and they're all pointing at each other for who the MAGA Republicans are. You abused women, you abused women, Oh, no, you abused this person. Here, watch this.
6: I myself have been a victim of George Santos, and as well as other members of Congress in terms of defrauding through public donations, I received
3: an ethics complaint from the FEC, which I had to spend tens of thousands to defend myself, you sir. Are a crook I know I should direct my comments to the chair I yield back (laughs) gentlemen gentlemen's time has expired uh gentlemen from New York Mr. Santos is recognized I'd like to move to have the gentleman from Ohio's word stricken from the record please gentlemen's request is not timely
4: but the chair will remind all members to direct their remarks to the chair and not to other gentlemen's request is not timely but I would remind members to direct their remarks to the chair gentleman is recognized.
3: Mr. Speaker,
0: uh-huh.
3: hypocrisy, as I mentioned. My colleague wants to come up here, call me a crook. Uh-huh. Same colleague who's accused of being a woman beater. Are we, are we really going to ignore the facts that we all have passed and we all have the media coming out against us on a daily basis? I, I could show you many more of these clips, by the way. Like, same uh, uh, debate on the House floor. This is Matt Gates, MAGA Republican, saying that George Santos should not be expelled because his situation's very similar to Duncan Hunter. Republican who was not expelled from the house after being convicted and Duncan Hunter also had lots of lovers on the side who he was funneling money to which I think Gates is saying it should not be subject to expulsion play this clip
7: it was a procedural double bind that shouldn't be held against mr. Santos as some sort of adverse inference let's also talk about this precedent the fact pattern as to mr. Santos is remarkably similar to the fact pattern of former representative Duncan Hunter. Duncan Hunter used campaign money on girlfriends and trips and home improvements and all sorts of personal lavishes. He was indicted for those crimes and continued to serve in Congress. He pled guilty to a number of those crimes and continued to serve in Congress. He was in Congress for like an additional pay period after having pled guilty to the very same things that that, that Mr. Santos has been indicted for.
3: Here's MAGA Republican Clay Hagan just being weird. (laughs) Calm down.
5: Mr. Speaker, I've spoken for seven years to this body here, standing here. Very rarely have I had a prepared statement, nor do I today, but I'm going to read. Here's
3: MAGA Republican Lauren Boebert spending her time attacking a Social Security Administration counselor who was there to testify, and the counselor just completely obliterates her. Here, (laughs) watch.
2: These are the 9-inch Guggenheim Professional Taylor Shears. You all
6: are allowing delinquent employees to sit on their sofas at home instead of actually getting to work and doing their jobs. Uh, this doing is absolutely jobs. unacceptable. That's absolutely
7: unacceptable. So our employees are working whether they That's are absolutely. in the office or at home, and they are. Expect- are you
6: monitoring the work that they are doing from home on a regular basis? Yes, we are every every employee do you have do you have the numbers of the hours that are submitted are, are you counting how many times they're logging into their computers and responding to casework
7: so our employees are subject to the same performance management processes and oversight they are whether they're teleworking or working in the office and we have systems in place that our managers use to schedule assign and track workloads and that includes individual employee workloads in many cases so real time understanding of what actions are being processed at any particular given time additionally Our employees are required to be accessible to their supervisors, clients, colleagues, and external parties during work hours via a variety of means, including instant messaging, video platforms, and telephone. They are connected to the workplace, whether they are in the office or at the home.
6: Then why is the backlogs for Social Security applicants increased from 41,000? to one hundred and seven hundred thousand. Because
7: we've been historically underfunded for a number of years now. I don't We're, think you're
6: underfunded. You're, oh, you're funded at the Nancy Pelosi levels. At the Democrat uh-huh. levels, we just continue that same funding. So I would say At that we, pandemic level spending.
7: So I would say we have an increase of over 8 million beneficiaries over the last 10 years. At the same time, we experienced our lowest work staffing levels at the end of FY22. That's a math problem. I mean, that is a problem. If you have those workloads, you know, increasing, and you don't have the staff to take care of those workloads, you're going to have the backlogs that you're talking about, Representative.
6: Well, I would love to see.
7: Geology is a
3: 26-time award-winning skin, hair, and body care company, recognized in Men's Health, Hypebeast, Birdie, Esquire, S-Men, and Oprah Daily Group. ...shown a
0: demonstrated desire to cut our spending, even with the Republican majority what I just described is happening on our watch, and we have nothing to show to this point when it comes to
5: spending with a Republican majority in the House.
3: Here is James Comer, MAGA Republican chair of the Oversight Committee, resorting to name-calling and saying that the reason that he doesn't want to have a public hearing to allow Hunter Biden to testify publicly, he says is because Um, little Moskowitz, he calls them little Moskowitz and Uh starts using ad hominem attacks, play this clip. But you know, as these
5: congressional investigation, these hearings go, you have got uh, 20 members on each side that have five minutes each. We have tens of thousands of pages of documents where we need to sit down and ask specific substantive questions without filibustering, without interruption, without going five minutes back and forth with with Jamie Raskins and Dan Goldman and, and uh, little Moskowitz jumping up and down, uh, fi- uh, filing motions and trying to disrupt the committee hearings. This
3: and folks, all they do is bully. They're just bullies, name calling bullying. It's the image of Donald Trump. And here, Maga Mike just totally gaslights and says, well, the impeachments against Donald Trump were not proper. Here, watch this. <laughs> we lament it openly. We decry how the Democrats politicized that process. They were brazenly political and how they they brought those uh, meritless impeachment charges against the, the president. This, what you're seeing here, is exactly the opposite. We are the rule of law team. The Republican Party stands for the rule of law. And the people in charge of this are doing this thoroughly, carefully, methodically. They're investigating and gathering all the facts. And to do this appropriately and to do it in a manner that upholds our constitutional responsibility requires time. And it requires a sound process. You don't rush something like this. You can't if you're going to have to delegate the Constitution. These chairmen are committed to proceeding in that manner, and that's what you're seeing. You now, take what I just showed you, and let's compare that with... Here's Democratic Congress members Jared Moskowitz and Dan Goldman. Watch this. Seeing for a year now the Republicans have presented no evidence, but instead, Hunter has said, no, no, if, you, if you're going to come come at me in the news media uh, for the last year and say all of these things, I'm going to come and I'm going to get the truth out there. And now Republicans are, are scrambling because I think the American people want to hear from Hunter Biden. The American people want to see it in public. Republicans saying, oh, no, transparency, bad. Uh, if they had the evidence, if they had overwhelming evidence, on Hunter Biden, rest assured